0: Hey, I'm Tim T. Samian. I'm here on the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Uh, glad I'm here. What are we talking about?
1: Everything. Everything. We're going to jump into it. Big time. Recording from our headquarters
2: in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. All right, here we go. Lucky episode number 13. First season What's up, Chris? We're here tonight, back at the headquarters. Yes, we are. How are we doing tonight, buddy? We're doing
1: pretty good, man. I'm ready.
2: Dude, you, would you, I'd like for you to introduce our guest, because I think it's a very special guest for you.
1: Tim Sasamian, longtime friend, it's a lot of history going back with our family and business, um, and we're going to get into all that tonight. So thank you. I know we've been talking about this for a while. I'm glad you made the time to come out here.
0: I'm glad I'm here, man.
1: Happy yeah. to be here. That's cool. So you just came from the Mint 400. I did. We
0: uh, spent a week over there. Uh, it's the largest off-road race in America. Um, they the, the great thing is not only they closed close down the Strip, and they parade all the trophy trucks down the Strip on Wednesday, and then ultimately uh, Fremont Street's closed down for two days, and we have what's technically called contingency, but it's really yeah. a two-day party and a festival uh, where all the trucks are paraded through there, all the manufacturers are there, and it's two full days of... Non-stop action, and then we pack it all up Friday night. We shoot down to Prim, which is the start finish for the for the Mint Four Hundred, and we had two days of racing out there. Uh, with big, big VIP section and hot pits everywhere, and a great short course area for people to spectate and watch. And uh, uh, it, it was just the, it was just the biggest thing ever. I, I don't think there's anything to really compare to it.
1: Well, that race has a long history. Right. I mean, it's been going on for how long now?
0: It does. You know, uh, if you walk through the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, you see pictures back from like 1967, 68. Yeah. And it was a big thing to promote Las Vegas and, and, and everything about it. And then quite a few years back, the Martelli brothers uh, kind of took, got that name and took that race back over. And it just made it into quite a spectacle. I mean, it, it really... You know, if you talk to the racers, you know, maybe it's their favorite course. Maybe it's not their favorite course, but it's the one race they got to go to. And they have to go to that race because it's 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 like the the history of it and the notoriety of it and the exposure. It, it's it's second to none as far as a domestic off road race.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, after we talked, I had been there before because I went when I was at American Racing. I went there, and I remember the contingency right. on Fremont. Yeah, and they had like the uh, pit crew challenge kind of thing. They right? did; they're pulling wheels off of a trophy truck and putting them back on. And you know, if am, am I mistaken, but isn't is the Mint Four Hundred the race that was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas?
0: It, it was actually. There's a right? great story that goes with that.
1: So yeah, that was Hunter S. Thompson was sent there to cover that. No, he no, what,
0: he, no, he what he did was, is he said he need he wanted to go cover this thing, and he was going to go write a story about the mint four hundred, but in actuality he was looking for a ride to Las Vegas to go hang out in there, Las Vegas. There you go. And he ended up yeah. spent he ended up writing like uh seven different stories over this long period of time and they used none of them. <laughs> like and he went I think that's about the time he was starting to flip out a little bit.
1: Yeah, and that that's a entertaining book. It's definitely an entertaining movie. Absolutely, um, yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, off-road racing is cool. Um, I, you know, for us growing out here uh, in, in Southern California, in the desert, it's just kind of like that thing that that's available, you know, year round, but I mean, it's a big thing from the winter, right? Obviously. Cause it gets pretty hot out there during summer. It is.
0: You know? And, and, and it's really, uh you know i've i've really taken to it and and being someone that spent his whole life in Park, arizona and the, loving to boat and all the rest of that you know learning to off road i think i started with quads and now i moved moved up into a bigger better vehicles with uh, uh, age
1: comes a cage right yeah
0: absolutely and uh but now you know our, our our my river place is is a mecca in the winter like like i'm dying to go all winter long because that's really almost as exceeded the fun as i have on the water boating which is my my passion
1: you yeah know. And, you know growing up in socal so we're what you know most cases you're four hours right away from vegas right and for people that don't know prim is about what 40 miles you know this side right the la side of vegas um and then the rivers maybe what five four and a half five hours away? Uh, it's about
0: it's about the same uh, um you know, I always like to say it's about two hundred fifty miles. You know, either one. You know, and uh, it's just driving through the desert, man. One, you're going over the mountain, and the other
1: one is just flat. I ten as as long as hard as you could take it. Yeah, I know we've been talking about going back to Vegas. I like Vegas. I for a lot. I mean, my grandparents lived there, so you know, my dad's parents. So as a kid, we would go there, you know, many times a year, and then you know, right. by the time I got twenty one, I kind of got burned out on it, and then you know, with the going for the SEMA show every year, right? It's just like, and then having that associated with work, you know, now I, I like going because it's so much to do there. Yeah,
0: you're a little freed up now more than you were for now. Where I'm sixty to seventy nights a year in Vegas, so I'm wow. I enjoy it there, but I don't. I probably don't do anything typical of a Vegas. Some, I, well,
1: like, Vegas for you now for for the last few years has been it's it's work, it's work. Right? Yeah. So you actually with uh, your company, you actually handle all the the merchandise. So if you guys go to the SEMA show and you go to those really bitching the stores they have set up, that's Tim Steele. Yeah, yeah. The, guy, you're, yeah. You're, the,
2: the you're, big rig truck. Let's, let's not like bury the headline. That 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 truck is beautiful, and to, to oh, have yeah. that as a centerpiece in the convention center. I mean that, that is. Thank you.
0: That's great marketing. Yeah, that actually was the World of Concrete show. It's another another uh, uh, contract that we have, but uh, um, and it's and World of Concrete is actually a really big show and it's amazing, uh, right? Vegas, Vegas has whatever
1: industry you're in. There is a big trade show that's somewhere that's in Vegas. Well, yes. well, the
2: whole point is like whatever you're working on, like like let's get the you know a, a conference in Vegas going. You know, like that's right. like the end yeah. goal. You know, well, and, have mean, the company pay for it. And, and trade
0: shows <laughs> trade shows are a little tricky now. And what's what it, the ones that are really clicking are the ones that um, have got some enthusiasm associated with it. So you know, if you think about the construction industry. You know those are those are a fun loving group of people. They they're beer drinking, yeah. boating, off-roading. And that they're could... outdoors. So we can't we can't really kill it at on every trade show that's in Las Vegas. It's got to have that buzz and that hook to it. And we're fortunate to have a few of them that that do. And uh um uh, and I enjoy it, but uh uh very uh, uh I'm, I'm into my rituals when I go to Vegas because uh, I I need I have to repeat every day, you yeah. know, and I'm either up there prepping, or I'm up there, uh, you know, pulling the trigger and making it happen, and, and you know, and unlike another business, uh, you know, like you're, you could, uh, you could sell a set of wheels a day, or you could sell 500 sets of wheels, but you've got this ongoing business with us. The curtain goes up at a certain point, and it goes back yeah. down, and if I'm not ready, oh we're, yeah, we're yeah. fried. You're, 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 we're we're the, the clock is ticking. Yeah, yeah
1: well, yeah. And, and there's certain things like certain shows. SEMA show obviously has a lot of sexiness attached to it right right you know where it it, it it's it's larger than life on one end and it's it's now, a it's a it's it's like a it's like the fashion industry for for guys right right right, right. where world of concrete you could only make that so sexy but like you said there's a lot of guys there there's a crossover right yeah. there's got you know absolutely i i, mean, I, I bet uh, you
0: i could i bet you that if you took car t-shirts or, or you know like a, a, a boating off-roading i there, there would be plenty of people interested in all that and and uh, so from my perspective i really don't care about concrete much at all right but i, mean, I love going the show because the equipment is amazing i mean i'm dying like anything that, that anything that's got a motor in it anything that that that, that could function and do something I, i'm interested in it and and there's more equipment at the world of concrete show that you could shake a stick oh, at. So it. yeah it's awesome okay. Yeah, because
1: I mean, it's some of that, the tech and the technology behind it, too. Like, yes. I, you know, I see some of this stuff on Facebook. We all see it like I saw that brickling, like it's those pavers. Yes. layers. Yeah. These machines, all these guys do is that they just load the top of this machine. And this machine's moving back and it's laying pavers in a driveway. Yeah. And what would, what would have taken all day and a half, they can do it like in 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, you know, I could get excited just look at the at the rebar bending machine, like like no, right. this amazing just machine these... bending rebar, you Girl, know, whoa. and CNC. I mean, they're, I'm thinking to myself, I didn't even think that that they would do this, but every automation, yeah, technology, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. So there's it's it's interesting to me, even if it's not my my thing, it I still kind of find that common denominator in it that that makes it enjoyable for me, you know. Uh, there's no. I always say it's not like I'm doing some CPA convention, you know, where there's there's no buzz to it and nobody wants to be there. Yeah, and what kind of but,
1: what kind of apparel are you gonna s- sell? Yeah, at that, there's no know? excitement.
0: So <laughs> so we've we're very fortunate that we've got some great clients with some uh, great events that that we get to participate in and and uh, try to pump them up and 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 try to really we, we're we're in the event branding business, so we're uh, invisible to the to the to the attendees. Uh, and all we were trying to do is create things that um, that a mother, a daughter, a sister, a girlfriend that would want to buy for their husband, brother, boyfriend, dad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not everybody's got taste, you know, so you try to have things out there so that other people could recognize that. And and hopefully it's not uh, a, a jacket or a shirt or a hat that they take home and it goes in a drawer and never gets worn again. Yeah. it's yeah. it's It's the one they do wear. And that's that's what we're shooting for.
1: Yeah, it's tough. The apparel business is a tough business because it's it's changing all the time. You got to stay on top of the trends. Right, right. What's the new the new f- uh, fabric? What's the new uh, fit? What's the new printing right. technique? What's new style? What's what's yeah. Well, yeah. oh, and that's the thing is, and, and we've talked about before with with like the SEMA show. So you do a Mustang, you got to do a Camaro. Yeah, well, that's, right? that's that's you a do, tough one. You do, you know, uh, you know, you do a C ten. I mean, what 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 else are you going to do? You know. Well, you know,
0: unfortunately, um, there's some challenges associated with that. Uh, you know, there's, there's certain vehicles that always want to sell better than others when you're, when you're, when you're decorating and and you're having artists do artwork and things along that line. But we also, um, uh, you know, the SEMA shows kind of the 800 pound gorilla, you know, I, I believe, and I'm at arm's length. I'm a, I'm, I'm a vendor. They're, they're a great client of mine. I'm very fortunate. To, to do to have that relationship that I have with them, but I believe there's something like 130 different countries represented there. It's crazy. It's, it, it's nuts. Yeah. And and, and 150,000 or whatever it is the attendees that we have. So we have everyone from every walk of life. Like I'm seeing every kind of person that's got every possible interest. So there's guys that are there. that are just about all about all the audio. There's there's collision and repair. There's hot rod and performance. There's truck. There's wheels and tires. I mean every genre associated with an automobile is being touched on there and and so our challenge is is to make something that appeals to the 130 different countries the sizes that go along with that i mean we're from extra small to 5xl wow. i mean 5xl <laughs> yeah like it, it's it's wow. it's a, it's it's challenging at times to, to try to that's, make everybody happy and that's really uh it's it's really a, a big deal for us to, and we work on it uh, i like to say that I work on that show 360 days a year to sell for four, five, you know, like right. it's, it's no. And and,
1: and uh, you've done a pretty good, pretty good job from what I've seen um, at the show. You know, I mean, uh, it's, you're right. I mean, you're preparing all year and it's just from that, from that Tuesday to Friday, yeah, and we actually—I mean, obviously, you're in there before that, but I'm just saying that's when the doors open, yeah. And then at five o'clock on Friday, right? It's... Well, we
0: actually—I'm um, there. I'm on. I'm on property for eleven days, and technically, the show is only open for four. Uh, we soft open three of them on Monday to break in our new people, and because there's such a, a large group of people that have registered and they're on the property already. They also have an anxiousness to buy goods before they're sold out. So we can actually see trends on Monday before the show opens. Oh, wow. And then we go we go all the way through uh, Friday, and then Friday night is Seam Ignited. So mm-hmm. the last day of the show is literally our longest day. So yeah,
3: right,
1: because that goes until wh- whatever 10 time. o'clock Friday 10 night. O'clock. Yeah, so it's, yeah. they do the rollout, what, at 4? Four, four, 4 o'clock the four cruise o'clock, starts. yep. And then... Yeah, that's a, uh, and it goes
0: straight into it. So not only that's so whole there's a deal. there's a point in time where we're getting ready for a, a whole new influx of consumers because they're not allowed into the show, so they land rush seem ignited. When we open the gates at three o'clock, we're flat out till you know nine nine thirty. It starts softening up a little bit, but but at the same time, you know I've still got the nine stores open, yeah, on the other property, so. In the middle of that, we're closing nine stores down. We're opening another one up. We're trying to move the inventory around. Uh, you know, operationally and logistically, it's it takes a year's worth of planning just to just to just to put all the pieces in place. And 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 uh, I mean, I love every minute of it. I have absolutely no complaints. I'm I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. I love what I'm doing. My client treats me great. We've had good opportunities together. I'm going into my ninth year. With SEMA, has it uh, been that long? Been that long?
1: Yeah. Holy moly! I mean, when you first started, you had what two or three kiosks, uh, yeah, like stores, right? Yeah,
0: Two stores. Um, yeah. Wow. God. Yeah. Now we have nine. We have over forty-five people on staff. Um, that's I think crazy. we're going into our seventh year of the Performance Racing Industry Show in in Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, that's turned out to be a, a real nice a real nice deal for us as well, and and uh, obviously we have the Mint Four Hundred, like we talked about, World of Concrete. We have uh, two off-road expos, one in Scottsdale and one in uh, Pomona. We have the Sandsport Super Show. Um, we have a, 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 some non-automotive shows that we do besides World of Concrete. We have another in Houston called uh, Offshore Technology Conference. So, And we've got a new one coming up called uh, um, the Overland Expo, I believe, in Flagstaff in May that we're real excited about. That's What's, kind of adventure what, adventure, Adventure off-roading. stuff? Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And um, right now, there's over 300 vendors signed up. Uh, they their their ticket sales went online. I, I think they sold out bits of like, whether you could camp there or or be part of it. The, but they're like selling out every category really? like immediately.
1: That's kind of a big thing now. I mean, like I, I uh, read that Recoil magazine, and there's another magazine called uh, Tread. Is it Tread or something? They. They're kind of like an all-encompassing like adventure. It's a thing, tactical thing on one of them, and it's like this. I mean, it's cool. It's a big I mean, deal. I'm, so, I'm, I really like some of those vans in some of the four-wheel drive stuff, and the, absolutely know, like it, the, the the converted sprinter stuff. That's just you know,
0: it, it's a big deal. And and I believe, and I'm not completely up to speed with all of it, but I believe like they have classes for you to learn how to ride your motorcycle over certain terrain, and classes how to take your off your four-wheel drive vehicles where they teach you how to articulate over some crazy terrain because it's truly uh um adventure off-road
1: that's a consumer show that's not it it's
0: It's a consumer show yeah and and we're excited about it and and uh flagstaff's a beautiful place and the setting is on a big uh state park i believe and it's it's all outdoors and and uh uh it looks like now i went there a couple weeks ago to like pre-run it a little bit and there was four foot of snow everywhere i couldn't see i couldn't see a thing really so it was up it was like when's the show the show is May the I think the second week of May, like May fifteenth, something along that line. So the weather will be beautiful. Yeah, later.
1: we've had a lot of man, a lot of rain, a lot of rain. There's been a lot of snow. We had a
0: tough week in in yeah. in uh, Vegas. We had, you know, it was chilly and yeah, and it, it was breezy, and then there was just enough rain to where, you know, all everything that I had detailed ready to go got you know got trashed, and I it had to redo it all on the spot. Uh, but we did we did well and then it was well attended. It was a beautiful event. Um but we've had a heck of a heck of a winter so far, and we've needed it. But we yeah, paid but unfortunately,
1: for it too. if we can get our politicians to uh change things and actually retain some of that water. Build some dams. Yeah, that's it all a, goes to the ocean, man. That's a tough yeah, that's a that's, that's a tough. one. We're yeah. out
2: of drought. We're 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 not in a drought anymore. Yeah, so but the problem is that
1: the problem is uh we should have access. Yeah, but they, they rely so heavily on the snowpack, and they don't retain any of the water. They also
0: rely he- real heavily on the Colorado River. There's a real big pecking order as, as far as uh, Lake Mead is. Uh, so um, Arizona, California, and uh, uh, Nevada all pull off of Lake Mead, uh, and and it's really active in the papers right now. But but uh, the Imperial Water District down south, the yeah. southern the the southern tip, they control a big portion of it, but Arizona is the first one that kind of gets pushed out. If the water level gets too low. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. And I mean, nothing that we need to get into right now, but you know, the retaining water is, is an issue that, that, that we could talk about, but we surely can't blame anybody that's in office today, or this has been going on since the start of time. And, and, and LA's never retained any water and we've never tried to,
1: because we never thought there'd be an issue. Well, we never thought there'd be 30 million people in this, in the Southland. Right. Absolutely. But I don't know. I'd rather live here than anywhere else right now. This is it, man. I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? Let's let's. So, you're now. I I don't want to. You're you're into the t-shirt thing. You're into the apparel thing. You're into the fulfillment thing right now. But let's take it back. Let's go. Let's go back. See. So, I kind of know. And and for those of you sport truck enthusiasts, uh, Tim's also his his other name is Trader Tim. If you guys ever opened up a trucking magazine back in the 90s, front page, front spread, you saw an ad for Traders. Traders truck accessories, right? Correct? Correct, yeah. And we're the biggest thing as far as any trucking, I mean, sport truck movement. Uh, What Retail, wholesale, right? Mail order, basically. I mean, you kind of like to to think that,
0: yeah, that we had some. We were we were doing a decent volume.
1: You were, I mean, there were there were people like my dad that actually were were over here, kind of taking because you know let's let's go back a little bit. Trucks really, and I thought about this. Trucks were really u- utilitarian. They, I mean, they were they were a, you know, a lot of people had trucks, but they weren't very sexy. You know, it was everybody had a, You know, and well,
0: they, when we grew up, like like you know, I had a brand new seventy eight. uh Chevy short bed fleet side that I lowered and put, you know, fully polished five spoke American torque thrusts on it and changed the interior to black. I I mean, I made it out because it, 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 those were the things that I wanted. And so back then, you know, that was kind of a big deal. And, and, uh, uh, our interest was in my family's interest was in the big truck accessories. So my father, uh, came out with Chrome wheel covers and things like that, back when I was a kid, that upfitted diesel trucks. And, and so that was our family business. That's what I grew up doing, uh, manufacturing and distributing diesel truck and, accessories. And refresh
1: my memory, what was the name
0: of the business? Unique Truck Accessories. Unique, okay.
1: Yeah. I, I'm sure through Bob Dethridge I heard a million times. A million. What, a million times what the name was. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unique Truck, okay. So,
0: you know, as I grew up, um, you know, I was – you know, because my family was, my uncle was a drag racer and things along that line. The drag racing was a big part of our lives and something that I really enjoyed. And that came with the boat racing and because we were a boating family. And and so I kind of got into the dually pickup trucks. And so why we were at the family business, I started making mud flap kits and axle covers and chrome lug nuts and, and starting to sell some wheels. And, and
1: my deal- hey, Give me time frame on this one. This is uh, this is
0: eighties. I was probably doing it in the early to mid eighties for my for my family's business. Okay, yeah, and then I, and then I went into business. I uh, in in a good way. I left my family's business. I thought they were kind of heading in a different direction, and went out and opened a retail store for diesel truck accessories to really just sell what my family was making, and then I got into the the and and I was and and the dually accessories at that time too and and um, uh, that's the freighted eight by the way is that the, what that brought is brought to you by Shine sauce. I thought there was something wrong with the headphones for a second <laughs> no
1: that's the the old freight train good old orange that's all right that's all
0: right I'm good with it no and and I think like in the mid eighties um, the dually thing I, I went into those little quarter cab sleepers that used to go on the oh, back yeah, yeah. and then the, the you know I think we had. Now you're making me think now. You, I like, like stall grills, and and then we were lowering them, and the Alcoa wheels, and um, I'd have to think a little bit more. Uh, a Kurt at Carriage Works that made all the billet interior pieces okay. for the trucks. And so that kept growing, and then pretty soon uh, we kind of morphed into this, uh, from a Sustry Mart, we kind of morphed into this Dually Headquarters kind of a brand that I had Kenny Uggblood draw a... Uh, a logo for and and we kind of just deviate it and um, and the Dually thing uh, uh, you're really making me think right now. to tell you the truth, I'm I'm, I'm awesome. trying to turn back the clock. here. So it it grew and we were we were doing good and we were starting to do some uh, some conversions. I think a little bit of stuff and then in '88 the first Chevy new body style truck came out. And that was like, that was like the
1: aha, like that. Oh, that was I, the moment. I remember when, when I think Dick Brogdon had the, the, the first one. So this would be late eighty seven, is when he had a maroon one, um, and that's I think when they kind of developed a lot of the lowering stuff at the shop. Yeah, I, that first truck, that well, was like the the guinea pig. Well, and
0: types. and 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 really, what was happening was is that. Uh, a couple things. One, that truck was extremely car-like, which I kind of wish they'd go back to a little bit now. But what was it was it was very comfortable. It was really swoopy looking. It was smooth. It was clean. It was easy on your eyes. Um, and so 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 being in the truck conversion business, which is what I was kind of doing, really wasn't popular. And I was just kind of sitting on something that that we were kind of good at and loved and enjoyed. And then this truck comes out. And it was like it was like a, a friggin' bomb went off, man. And, right. and and it was like, Hold on. And and I got a standard cab and uh, I remember a good friend of mine, John Kaiser, uh, he uh owned uh Southwest Chevrolet and Parker, which and he also owned Alpha Marine and, and he was uh on the ground level with Bell Tech and all that other yeah. stuff. I remember the the standard cab comes out and I'm driving that thing and, and loving it and our business is going off of it and he says, Hey, you need to like see this. They've come out with this extended cab. This is how crazy this is. Like who's talk like that? He goes. You should see this extended cab. And I go. Well, what would you like? What would you do? He goes. No, you got to see this. He goes. He goes. It's 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 cool. And so I literally I drive my standard cab to his shop in Temple City. I, I remember it to this day. And he's got a red half ton extended cab sitting there. And I go and I hop inside it. And he gives me the keys and I hop in and I drive it and I, and I don't come back. I just go straight <laughs> to my shop with it and I call him and I say, uh, you need to take care of this other one because I'm just, I'm just going to keep this one. And, and it, and I had that truck, I believe for about 10 or 12 years, I drove that truck really? every single day. And, uh, those things really, it really, they really changed. They changed everything for us. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a a big thing. Because, you know, I mean, when I say trucks were utilitarian, for the most people, they were. Obviously, guys like yourself or my dad would customize anything they got their hands on. Right, right, right. right. So, But that kind of changed things because that truck did have a good look to it. It was just, you know, coming off the square bodies. uh, Square bodies are cool. I like them. But just the more car-like, swoopy looking, like you said. And then having having the accessories to lower that thing the roll pants then the wheels are being made and it's just like this whole thing and then being sold at the dealership level at uh, already customized you know and and then um so when did then when did traders start traders was kind of uh i think i man you're making so were you was your was your original business was it over there off peck road Were, were you
0: I never moved from that location. You were so, you kind of in that little little area. That little area of six hundred five the sixty. And the reason this is going to be the crazy. The reason we were there was, I was kind of flipping a coin because I was in the in the diesel truck business. Right when I'm going to go do it, and either you went out to, uh, like the fifteen and the ten, which okay. is where the truck,
1: Cucamonga, right, where,
0: which is where the truck industry is really today. But was starting there. But it's either that or still like the sixty and the and the six oh five, Peck Road Ford was there, the Freightliner dealership was a there. Caterpillar is there, right? Caterp- well, straight? Caterpillars across the street yeah. there, but also there was a Zimmer's truck stop there. It was a huge truck yeah, stop. That's right. Yeah, that was there. And um since I was ra- born and raised in Whittier, yeah. um uh I uh, I I kind of flipped a coin, but my heart kind of was there. So I went there and whatever, you know, we just started in one little tiny unit. Then, you know, you take another one and then you kind of take another one. And then finally, uh, uh, Trader's kind of, I think when the, this truck thing is hitting, now I'm not the dually guy anymore, you know. So, uh, so Trader's truck accessories kind of encompassed all of it. And um, about that time, I took my family's, brought my family's business in, and uh, um, it gets it. Kinda, this is
1: what, ni- 90, 89, 90? I would say like
0: uh, 90. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm close. I mean, I'm not, I don't have it. something like that. And uh, then we were kind of like, you know, honestly, you know, it, it really blossomed. And uh, I wasn't educated on it, never saw it coming. You know, that it was just kind of this horse that, that well, it was hard it was, not to it, get it, up on it and ride it, you
1: know? It, yeah, I mean, you you know guys like yourself and my dad you're at the at the front of the wave yeah and and we're not we're
0: we're pretty basic guys man we're all we really knew how to do was just work really hard like it wasn't like we were schooled or we had this experience behind us or anything else so you know
1: we're and you you were pretty young at the time what were you yeah i was in my early 30s yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so uh um you know it it was you know it turned into the 800 pound gorilla it really did kind of own me um uh I, I have got, you know, the, my best memories are the friends that I, I, uh, acquired during that time. Like the, the, like nothing sticks with me. Like when, like how good we did or how many we, like, whatever, all that stuff is that we kind of, everybody likes to kind of chit chat about. It's the people that are still in my life right now that, that came from that time. That is, uh, you know, that's really what sits with me. Like, that's really all I could honestly remember is the people that, have impacted my life so much in one way or another and and uh John Kaiser I brought up with you who was a good I mean he's yeah. not with us anymore your father's not with us anymore uh there's a I I for because of where yeah. I was I always tended to hang out with guys that were older than me because they were doing the same thing I was doing. I was a little bit I was a little bit young to be where I was. Now today there's a bunch of young phenoms, you know, they think oh, of yeah. all kinds of things and they they're there but in our day there was all these guys that were older than me that were kind of the same business owners doing the same type of thing. So, um, uh, you know, I have those people in my life now. I've also, I've lost some of those people as well, which is, is challenging as you get older and having to deal with that stuff. But those memories of the people that I've become close to that I'm still close to, uh, the people that helped me along the way, those are the things that really stick out the most. You know, I, I, uh, I, I i really don't ever look back i i you you, you no, i know
1: I, than... I noticed that about you because it's kind of like we talk about um you know i talked to you about i'm bringing these old designs back and you're all really yeah like what <laughs> and i'm like no that you know the truck thing is is, is still big yeah. uh you know i mean the c10 thing's been big for a while yeah. square body's been big now the ck trucks people are trying to buy them up because there's a ton of them made right but a ton of them really run through the ringer. So it's like... But they're affordable. You know, everything gets affordable. hot when they're
0: affordable, and then and they get to the point where they're not affordable anymore, and they're, yeah. they're not hot.
1: And was so much stuff built for those trucks. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, maybe sit, still sitting on tooling for different things right. that, like, are, are cool. There's a lot of maybe people sitting tooling for stuff that was not so cool. You, you know, know
0: it's, it, it's funny that you say that because I have had... Um, when I got my place at the river, I went and I bought a... Uh, uh, a blazer, this a eighty-seven Chevy Blazer, four-wheel okay. drive. That I could, that was short. I wanted one because it's short wheelbase, at four-wheel drive. I could pull boats in and out of the water and do all the rest of that. And so I ended up buying one, and 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 it had a trader's dash mat in it That's from the guy. Crazy. He was a customer. It was a customer of ours. And I still have that truck today at the river. I whenever I drive the river, I park it, and I get my blazer. And it, it, cause it's because it's kind of like it's still kind of old school at Parker, you know. And I don't really care what I'm driving, and and. and the air conditioner doesn't work in it anymore, and you roll the window down. But I get more compliments on that K5 blazer than on whatever it is that I drove to the river, they could care less about. Really? But that blazer pushes everybody's butt, and they love that body style.
1: Well, and you know what, too? Uh, like the Broncos are making a big comeback yeah. right now. Yeah, big comeback. Got a buddy, uh, Desolate Motorsports, that makes some awesome yes. stuff. Right Greg over there. He's, I just, I'm watching him on Instagram, going, I need to get a Bronco. Right, Right? because it's just like they're they're still affordable, right? And you know, put another ten, fifteen grand in that thing, and it's very capable, right? You can take your whole family in it, creature comforts, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see this stuff. Well, I was getting at is is I send you so you're you know you kind of. Forget about the past, right? I talk about I don't this stuff really and, you, and think you're just about like, it. I'm on to... I, I'm, I, I can only focus on what's Yeah, because you always bring something over and go, Chris, I don't even know. What. I know. Well, that's why I wanted to get you out so we could jog your memory because the sport truck movement was a huge thing. It really was It really was a huge thing because it really, you know, I've heard people call it anything from uh, the poor man's hot rod or something. Because back then, I mean, to me, it was just, I was, you know, I graduated in 92. So I couldn't afford the full size, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I kind of went the other way. I went with the, you know, in the import route, with the <clears> Mitsubishi <throat> deal. But you know, always were like, man, those sport trucks are bad, right? So so it kind of was like, I mean, how many sets of wheels did we sell to just that went on dealership trucks? And I mean, how many trucks a week were you doing like, at your peak? I was probably,
0: I'm guessing we were probably doing... Between thirty and forty a month that were going to dealerships. We had a four car carrier.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I remember going over there, and it, yeah. I remember deliver I remember when I was younger and driving and delivering wheels over there. Yeah, and it would be like sets a week. Yeah, just we were... going boom, boom. Just it's because, fa- um, yeah, and and I mean, and you were one shop doing that. I mean, and traders. I mean, to put it into perspective, I want to I want to do it justice because back then, um. We didn't have the internet; it was magazines. Right. Yeah, right. So when when you pull front uh, page spread mail order, well, you actually, I mean, the, the, it, it seemed like the way you had it was the branding ad, right, it was in the front page cover, and then you had maybe some stuff, other the, stuff in the magazine.
0: Yeah, we tried it a few different ways, but it, but back then it was, it was, um, yeah, we weren't really, we weren't very smart, you know. I we mean, like it was like, doing, okay, we'll just keep try putting this. more pages of, of more. You know and 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 it really wasn't terribly efficient and you know back then you just had to have this room full of people taking phone calls yeah. you
2: know well and- so so out of these 30 40 bills that you were doing a, a month um so like they went to different dealerships so like the, like the, um like one or two dealerships we or I should say one or two trucks would go to like a certain dealership. Is like that that the custom build for for that dealership is that is that how? It, how well, it we
0: what we would do is we really ho- we'd be loaded both ways. So so if you owned, you know we had a couple dealerships. There was a few dealerships that were extremely strong on it. Some other ones that dabbled in it. We were fortunate enough to have the, the, the hard hitters, the, the Don Steves, uh, Richard Hibbards. Yeah. Those 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 guys were they embraced it. Are those Southern California delicious? They yes. are. Yeah. Yes. We we're all in Southern California. So we would haul two or three or four or whatever it was over there drop them off done and we pick up four three or four more and come back full and then i think it would take us uh, i don't know a week or so to do them <laughs> and, so, and and so it was it was but but it was also just one part of our business it, the installation the labor business was was extremely tough and and challenging but we also were manufacturing parts we had a we had a paint shop we had a fiberglass shop we had a metal stamping operation and then we had our retail store you know, which is really in the, the mail order end in the mail order end. Yeah. So we, you know, in, in essence, uh, in, in retrospect, I should say, it was it was a a horrible business plan. Like it was it wasn't the right it, business model. Yeah, but but well, it's like it's but like you guys you, were figuring out your way at that point. You know? Well, we're trying. Uh, you know, I can't I I I can't sit there and beat that drum. I'm, I'm I have to stick with the fact that uh, we were very lucky. We we're we were doing something that wasn't popular it got popular opportunities came to us back then um we were constantly being approached by people with their new widget they knew that we could market that widget for them they knew that we could distribute it you know three or four different ways yeah and so your door was always being knocked on um and uh the volume was going up uh and those those were there was some exciting times in certain ways but also, from a business perspective, very challenging and uh, and overwhelming. You know, we would, uh, you know, to produce, we, pr- we were producing four 72 page catalogs a year with old school desktop publishing. I mean, we yeah. would we would sleep there. I mean, we would sleep on the floor at night until we we would just be creating one. I mean, we would have uh, flatbed scanners every photo. I mean, I could go back. I think about it. It'd be terrible. We'd be. We'd fall asleep under trucks at night trying to get them done for a show. I mean, every horror story you could possibly imagine, we lived through. So you know, um, there were moments of it that that uh, someone else might consider to be glamorous, but but they also came with uh, with a uh, uh, some some pretty uh, pretty miserable times. Pretty
2: extreme think. sacrifices. Yeah, right?
0: and and, and I'm not, but I'm not complaining about any of it. I I uh, um, I made my bed. I lied in it. I I rode that wave. I. I had some good times, um, but but it. But if anyone looked at it and thought it was easy, they were they were a mile off. Yeah, I'll guarantee you, I had my hands full.
1: Well, and it was it was all new too. A lot of yeah. it was new. I mean, you know, uh, my dad didn't invent the wheel by any means. Didn't invent. You know. You know, uh, as far as it, it's, as far as like the the wheel end of it, as far as bringing somebody the. Uh, the made-to-order wheel business, right? And I think you know, you sit there and you go, well, Here's here's he's an early adopter on the CNC machining deal," and you realize that you could sit there and just plug it. You can do a program. Yeah. Plug a a program. It. So the next thing you know, uh, there's like, oh, we got a catalog of ten wheels, and then in a year you got twenty wheels, thirty, forty wheels. Then you got. And the, but in the truck market,
0: because there wasn't enough hot rods to make your dad go, the truck market. Oh. We, we, I mean the the wheel capacity. You, you you've got a you've got you know a, a Fortune five hundred five hundred company pumping out these trucks, you know, at a hundred an hour or whatever the heck they were making. All we needed was one percent of it. One percent right. of it was overwhelming. That's you know I mean so the numbers were so supportive of what we were trying to do, that you know your dad is over there going like, holy moly, like this thing is. Off. And and then and, and and uh when you know when your dad and me got together along with along with
1: Yeah, when was that? When did you first when did you, you know first your meet? your
0: dad was uh your dad was was with with the GMC guys there for a while and and uh um and so we were kind of uh um kind of tinkering back and forth with us but we really hadn't gotten hooked up at a level because we were kind of both your dad was converting a little bit of trucks you know at, on those early days for gmc and stuff like that so yeah, we we're kind of a spring so yeah we're kind of dancing around that a little bit and then i can't remember if it was the when dodge came out with their ram or whatever it is but finally uh it probably was a little bit earlier than that i, I honestly can't remember but we finally got together and i had uh oh i know i had I had I know how I got your dad on board. Yeah, I had Budnick Wheels. Oh, and so man. so uh, uh, and you know that's not a path I'm dying to go down. But but <laughs> but it was it was it was uh, Alan was good and and I I I don't have any but but that motivated your father to want to uh, get on board in a, in a much bigger and better way and then and then and to be honest with you that was really a good move for both of us because. We, at that point, we kind of created this thing where where I, I I'd gotten to B.F. Goodrich, they'd given me kind of a backdoor deal on tires. Uh Tech was in full swing, and and I I, I came up with that uh, the smooth tonneau cover deal from uh, that I had Snugtop originally start making for me.
1: Is that the flush mount?
0: The well, no, your dad was doing the flush mount aluminums. So I did the over rail, but oh, I yeah, was okay. having them color matched a fiberglass so I could. I could sell them at volume because the aluminum thing just the rain poured in your head oh, of your yeah, truck. Oh yeah, I yeah, have, I have one of those. Yeah, yeah,
1: they, they look totally cool. And I sold a bunch of them, but but uh, yeah, how do you get the rubber around in the
0: corners? Yeah, right? it, it doesn't work. But but by then it was it was our our company was what I really think is that I think we solidified the fact that that uh, uh, B F Goodrich tires on Boyd wheels lowered with Bell Tech suspension, and I think we were doing KYB shocks and our our tonneau cover, maybe the and and a and a Curt uh, a, uh, a billet grill that was 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 a, very good. Like that whole look, I think it kind of gelled together, and that just uh, I believe was uh, personified the upscale sport truck. You know, like we just grabbed all these pieces and we put them together. And yeah. We were loyal to them, like it, like. We never would jump off the Bell bandwagon. You know, we, I mean, there was plenty of, of cheaper suspension kits out there. And, uh, uh, but I, I, you know, I never wanted to be part of the race to the bottom. Uh, yeah.
1: And that it's all part, it was all part of the branding because you had traders did have a look, had a brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Boyd's had a brand. Right. And then, you know, uh, Bell for sure had a brand. I mean, the, right. the, the, these are all companies that actually put time and money. Behind creating these brands, and collectively, it was a big thing.
0: You yeah, know? and 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 I uh, I think that um, I think that people took to uh, the fact that it was all premium stuff. You know, we were still modifying vehicles. I, I mean, at the end of the day, we were still taking something that was pretty good, and we were, <laughs> right? we, were yeah. we were putting all kinds of stuff on it. You know, and and
1: and, and there there is some stuff that just went too far. Yeah. I think, like the, you know, just. I don't know. there some of those bumpers were kind of goofy, you know, with some of the lights in them and the, the billet grill cutouts and the
0: yeah. There's there was a you know you know I, honestly it's kind of you know and we, we can hop back there, but um, really what got me uh, um, out of that aspect more than the fact that I sold the business and and again we can hop back, but honestly I really truly believe that people's taste changed, and when their taste changed, it was no longer the taste that 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 we love it was something exaggerated and overdone and, and without scale and without uh, a continuity. And uh, honestly, I just lost, uh, I just totally lost interest in it because I didn't think that the consumer, um, I I don't think they had good, they don't, I I really think they lost their taste for, for some time. Well,
1: then you know what happens too is body styles change, fitments, wheel fitments change and and things. And it just, you're like, oh, well, we can't do what we used to do now anymore on these things. Right. Well, right? you know, I
0: mean, listen, you know, they kind of lost me at spinners and, and you know. you, you know, Yeah, I, I, no,
1: I mean, it, every, there's, there's certain trends that just kind of, I mean, it's amazing, right? I mean, amazing how crazy that spinner market was where the, you know, uh, and for all you that don't know, this was, this is probably early 2000s and it was, uh, Daven wheels invented the spinner wheel. It was an integrated deal. Well. Of course, in our industry, unfortunately, a lot of people come out and copy stuff, and they made these bolt-on spinner things, so when you're at a stoplight, this thing just keeps on spinning. Yeah, And it just, these things were, we had people calling us, Chris, can you make those? Can you make those? And I'm like, I don't want to get involved. We don't want to. And and then, guess what? When's the last time you've seen a set of those? Right. There were tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of those things sold. Where's that graveyard at? Yeah. But,
0: but so so my point
1: is is I, I, to the, the people's taste change Taste in, changes in, so
0: today I don't really believe that I could um have the enthusiasm and the creativity uh in today's market because because sometimes I, I just don't think they get it. It's obviously it's very technical now as well, which uh limits my interest in it. Um but I really do think the times changed. I think people's taste changed and I'm glad that chapter of my
1: professional life is is, is closed. You but know? that, but you know what? It's coming back, and yeah. I'm going to keep reminding you of it yeah. because, like, you are like, "What? People are buying those wheels?" Well, that's you know, you know, you're like, "That's cool," but and then I sent you a screenshot of a 24. No, I don't think it was that big. It was like a 19 or 20 inch Deuce mm. Ninja, right? Right? And you're like, "What?" Yeah. Like you're like, "Wow!" Like wait a second. Hold yeah. on a second, people are buying this stuff again, right, but it's like you know what it is back then uh we we could in in the same it's still the same now we can I can build a wheel for whatever tire is out there, right, right. so pretty much there might be some exception, but back then everybody wanted i mean when it went to seventeen inch you had good your gator backs remember it was like yeah. that was like whoa. Seven, seven, and sixteen inch. got kind of stepped over, and and sixteen kind of was weird, a weird yeah. deal. And sixteen inch is non-existent now, right? People, you can go find a pristine set of, of billet wheels, right? You know, somewhere on Craigslist, sixteen inch for nothing, right? Go find the tires, right? So, um I remember when eighteen inch came out. You know, I had my Corvette. This was in the late nineties, and I remember those tires were like five hundred bucks a piece back then. It right? Was like so. Now the tire, all the tires are available. So now everyone's going back, and the, the pot, uh, you know, you know, my, uh, I have a '92 GMC short pit. that's got 20 inch wheels on it, right? You know? Um, so it's kind of cool. I, and I tell people they're like, "Hey, when are you gonna make this old design?" I'm, as soon as you order it, I'm ready to go, right? Because the the catalog is so long of of designs we could do.
0: And I and I understand that low profile tires are in and, and my car is sitting out there has got relatively low profile yeah. tires, but it's it's engineered for them. What people back then weren't realizing is they were they were not they weren't matching up the overall tire diameter to what was on there before. They ended up with low profile tires instead of it being uh, 27 inches overall. They were they were putting something that was 25 inches overall. Yeah, and then you're then what I couldn't share with them is you're chasing the suspension. I can't lower this thing yeah. far enough because you're making it, you're making it, if you'll stick with a little bit taller tire proportionally, we could make this thing look a little bit better. And they, because you know, that, that concept of having a rubber band for a tire was so hot for a while and, and still is to a certain extent is that they all wanted to go that way. Well, well then the aftermath aftermath of that is, they, because they're putting them on pickup trucks, they start bending all the wheels, yeah. right? It's like it's like, well, but you can't. You, you, it's like I was at a dead end. I just felt like they weren't listening no more. You know. <laughs>
1: well, the t- tire technologies come a long way. You know, you, you know, tires are just. You know, the saying goes: you, you get what you pay for. You know, but some of these the higher end tires can be real low profile. They ride like like a dream. Yes. Um, and there's just so much, so many more options now. Well, and,
0: but but if you if you buy a car today that's got twenty ones or twenty twos on it, the whole car has been engineered around that tire. Absolutely. Where
1: and and that that's that that always goes. I always got a kick out of because you know, especially at SEMA and being around some of the OE designers and these guys, you know, and I always wondered back in the day why why was there such attitude? Because the, the OE guys always had an attitude towards the aftermarket guys, right? Well, because. Wh- Aftermarket guys are sitting there telling them, maybe not to their face, but by the, by our actions. Oh, you didn't create it good enough. We're gonna make it look better. Well,
0: right? r- yeah, a little. Well, more of it was the OEMs back in that day were extremely slow to market uh, aftermarket accessories. They they now today, um, if you come out with a with a uh, a new Mustang comes out, there's Roush and there's a hundred other people that are tied to Ford that come out with all these accessories or if they don't convert the whole car themselves. Uh, If you look at the way you can buy a, a Can-Am or Polaris razor. Now they roll out their, their parts catalog is equally as big as the, as the brochure to, to buy their, their vehicle. But in our day, um, the OEMs were the guy, the, the, the guy in charge of OEM sales, he was thrilled with us because we were making his vehicles look great and they were selling better. The guy, at OEM parts, he wasn't liking us at all because, uh, we were eating into whatever, uh, poor aftermarket accessories he had yeah, at, the de- time. at the
1: dealership level. You got, you got a lot of love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm more talking about like the, uh, more of like the designer end of it, you know, more of the, you know, the guys that have been working on that car for four or five years, yeah. then all of a sudden you come out and you're like, eh, nah, you you got to do this. Well, do this. you know, I,
0: I also, you know, you want to remember that that uh, a vehicle looks a certain way when it gets approved to be built. Yeah. And then by the time they make it legal for the highway, it's it's something completely different for than that. Sure. So, you know, uh, even to this day, you see a, a, a vehicle in an ad, it's probably been lowered a little bit because it just looks sexier. But, but you're not buying it like that. Yeah. You know, so I think there's a lot of that. But, um, but. You know those opportunities uh, uh, really made us, and the fact that we could, you know, from the you know we have airbag steering wheels now. So what can we we can wrap a steering wheel? You know, like it's not the same as when we were selling your father's steering wheels and, and other. We were we were selling steering wheels and hub adapters, like oh, like I mean, it was I was hundreds and
1: hundreds of them at a time. Well, and you know what? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you guys did them for the at the dealership level when they were sold at a dealership. They still had to keep. They you couldn't do a pedal kit on it, right? And you couldn't do a steering wheel.
0: No, no steering wheels. We did okay. steering wheels. We did, but there was that was pre airbag.
1: No, I I get it. Yeah, but I think uh, wasn't there something about they had they wanted to keep the logo in the grill.
0: Uh, we kept uh, it, the bow it, tie. It's probably, it
1: probably depending on the on the dealership, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It it, it it We 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 were moving. We were moving a lot of steering. You know, you're talking to a guy that 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 my takeoffs you know it was an industry you know the the stock tires and wheels the steering wheels the mirrors oh that, now the the uh for a while uh, i was able to actually sell the spindles and the springs that would come off the trucks because we were replacing. brand new but ultimately <laughs> we would new. have a a 20 foot roll-off box scrap metal box and literally we were just filling up scrap metal boxes full of brand new product and hauling it away for scrap because I I couldn't afford to much. store it. It was just too much. It was too much. Yeah,
1: I mean you you know doing thirty trucks a month.
0: Yeah. Plus what plus whatever was you know whatever else I'd come up with. But yeah, just the accumulation was uh, was it was it was crazy. You know back then it was crazy, and to think that we just threw brand new parts in. The, I mean in the trash. Right. You know you'd have you'd have you'd have that it forklift came uh, off a of dealership. Came okay. off the dealership. We'd fill hoppers up at a time, lift them up with a forklift, and dump them in a in a in a in a, a roll off box, and go to the scrapyard with it. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean, that was kind of a. I mean, you know, like like I keep going back to the the image you guys had in in you know, traders was was the spot. I mean, you know, as far as you guys set certain trends, especially like you talk about the relationship with Tech and you know some of your ads were iconic really i mean i mean one of the one of the 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 better ads that i like and i didn't even know this until it went to print but was the christmas time right right it was a ford ranger yeah flamed it was a blue flamed ford ranger and any of you guys could probably google this right now but i did not know for the longest time that my dad was santa claus in there yeah that (laughs) was a so uh that was a big deal back then man we yeah. had a lot of fun. We had a really a lot of plottington. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, the you got to show you because you know what? um uh, uh, it, it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool spread. And R- Rich Hedrick. Rich
0: Hedrick that, Rich Hedrick was was uh, instrumental. We know, were working together one time, a little he, bit.
1: He, when, when you guys pitched it to my dad, he's like, yeah. "We got this deal and we, we want you to be Santa Claus." And my dad's like, "Well, the uh, bigger
0: thing was uh you know you, you you know your dad being Santa Claus wasn't that big a deal, but the hook that we had was uh, it was probably more amusing at the time. Was your father never wore shorts? Like, and, and we oh, live in a shorts and t-shirt world, right? Never wore shorts. No. So the hook was, we're going to put him in shorts for the first time. Oh, okay. And it's going to be Santa Claus in shorts, and 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 no one would probably even think it was him, which was part of the gag. And uh, you know, Rich was amazing at that point in time. He really was instrumental in all of Belltex, the the photography and the marketing and everything they did there and uh um he was awesome in it we were trying to work together and i I can't remember I did that truck for Ford or something like that, but uh um you know those were you know that was a highlight for us of having fun with our friends and being in our industry and and putting work together with uh with something really fun and special and your dad was a great sport about it. And he, I mean, he had all these good looking chicks hanging all over him. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, he really yeah. didn't have anything to
1: complain about. No, you know? that, was, it, that was totally cool. And, and you guys made it up. It was not only just an ad, but you guys made a poster we made a poster out of it. Yeah. Totally yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah I, so I remember, that, I remember seeing it and it was just like, cause I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he, he, he kept it a secret. But I mean, well, he of,
0: wasn't, I don't think he was beating any drum over the fact that he, I no, mean,
1: it, it, I think it was like, he was probably thinking about the short thing. Yeah. Of, geez, I, I, got, I, uh, you'd yeah. like to
0: think so, but we, we really had, uh, good times and, and, uh, you know, we were very fortunate, but, but, you know, our, my relationship with your father was blossoming every day, you know, and, and, uh, um, uh, you know, since we're both kind of in a similar part of town and, and in his later years, we were neighbors almost and, yeah. and, uh, so we were, you know, it got to the point where, um, uh, you know, that, that we were talking daily, you know what I mean? And, and your father was there for me. And a lot of times when I really needed him and, and he stood by me through some tough times, uh, we had a lot of really great times together. And, and, uh, I was, uh, like to think that I was a good sounding board for him. And, and, we're both on this roller coaster ride that, that, uh, that only we like there's only was only like a few guys that could talk about what we were dealing no, with for sure. you know because we didn't know what we were doing you know yeah i
1: mean there there might have been some parallels in other industries of what was going on right but you didn't know those people no. you didn't have their phone numbers you know what i'm saying it's like what was happening to you guys back then with just everything was just like yeah, you're right. You can only share it amongst yourselves and, because and no go, one, Hey, what what's going on
0: here? Yeah, no one else is gonna understand or relate to the troubles and the trials and tribulations that you're having. So you know, we were in contact quite often and we'd meet for breakfast quite often and but uh um you know, you know, your dad would call sometimes and he would be friggin' lit up. And I, I <laughs> no, would come I on, would, Tim. him. No, 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 and not at me. But but he'd just be lit up over something. and I and I would and I <laughs> And I truly believe I spent half my time with him talking him off the ledge. Yeah, right. You know, because he's just – I'm going like, Boyd, it's going to be okay. Like, like, yeah. like, don't worry about it. He goes, but, yeah, but this – and he would go on. And uh, um, and the one thing uh, – but it morphed into other things. Like, like there would be these episodes of things that happened in our lives that were, were together, the both of us that had happened in business or on a personal level. And, and we would bring those things up like – like at this every time we got together all those subjects would come up every single time we got together we'd cover all of them you know and again uh, and again and again but but though because uh i think that's what that you know that's how we bonded you know we really enjoyed uh enjoyed those times together he was a dear friend of mine and i looked up to him and um and i enjoyed his company and probably got to see a side of him that that only a few of us got to see, you know, because yeah. uh, I always, uh, I always said it's really was really easy for people to judge me because they were all coming to my business in my office when I was thrashing and trying to make it, but I never went to theirs, you know. And I think it's the same thing with your dad. You know, he's working so doggone hard that uh, um, that you know I got to see this other side when it came to. Uh, the underprivileged uh, uh, children and adults that he would have working for him, and the the things that meant a lot to him. You know, how many times did you you had to hear it too when he he'd go and he'd say, "I'm having the worst day of my life," and you come in and you see one of those yeah, kids for sure, yeah. Yeah, you know way I think?
1: Yeah, I I think he he got. I mean, man, he he lived and breathed that whole business, and just yeah. it just it just consumed him. You know, and and it was like I think when he saw what. You know, just some of those. You know, we, we hired a lot of Down syndrome kids, right? And, uh, and so, when I call them kids, they are adults. Some sometimes. of them, are yeah. most like, from my dad's age, right? Yeah. But but I mean, uh, you know, he just some of the things that like he would just take a step back and goes, he goes, Chris, look, that guy's just happy folding boxes, folding boxes, and he yeah. goes. The the biggest frustration of his day is that someone was blocking the time clock, so he couldn't clock in on time. Right. Right. And he's just like, man. I mean, I think my dad always would try to keep that around him, because he felt like he was giving those people purpose. Right. Like, like, like it it, for them. I think everybody in life, you give somebody a a job to do, and, and it's like, you you may look at something a task and go, you know what. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fold a box. But guess what? That guy, his whole day it. was like, guess what? I folded 20 boxes today. And my dad would be just like, wow, as crazy as things got. I, I, I a- think and those that-
2: boxes were perfect. Yeah.
1: You know? yeah. Well, they
0: needed to be. I think those- that, <laughs> uh, you know, your dad, I thought it was, I always felt like uh, that chaotic pace that he kept and we were all doing it, but but in and this, is it's your father and the way that things, the way that he approached things, I think that it was very uh, humbling, or, or, or much more. Uh, it was there was a calming effect on him to have those people around him. Yes. He never did it for the notoriety. He never did it for uh, uh, for people to think better of him. It wasn't anything that he publicized. It, it was more, and and no matter where he was, and all the business, and all the different things, that the different places, those that was a constant thing there, and and. Um, you know, I, I'm extremely comfortable talking about it. It's a great memory that I have of how he looked at all that. And uh, I think about those things quite often. And, and you know, uh, um, I'm proud to know that side of your father that, that was so giving and so caring. You know, and it stuck with me.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's it's one thing for, for me. It was uh, after my dad passed. I mean, w- w- when you have a, a, a family member that passes... Then people, you know, and and not bad secrets, but people like go, they want to share like the positive things. I think it's like, like, they they come out of the woodworks. They come out of the woodwork in a good way, in a good way. Like I had people that go, Chris, you don't even know. Like your dad was probably the most generous person I've ever met. And I'm going to tell you this. And they tell you a story that was just like, wow, really? You know, like uh, a good story, like something that my dad did for somebody that he didn't want anybody else to know this other guy knew but this other guy was like your dad's gone now but I want you to know your dad was a good person right you know right. and I want right. you to know that your dad did this and this for somebody else right and he goes I kept it a secret the whole time and and it's like and I'm not I mean I'm not going to be specific or share right now but right. I'm just saying that there's yeah, you know, many many times that someone has come up to me and said look your dad just told gave me a call and said, Hey, go to this guy's house. He wants to redo his bathroom. You know what? He's a good guy, can't afford it. Just go over there and just handle it. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, You know what? That was a conversation between me and your dad, and it got done. I actually know a few of
0: those, to tell you the truth. And and Right
1: and, and you know what, hey, and that's the that's the crazy part is and it's like I, I only know I'm sure I could share with you my stories and then you all of a sudden I'm thinking my stories are going to be some of yours, and you're like, no, you're giving me ten news stories, right? Know? Right? Yeah, and and it's just like I think, and and even, I, I looking back on my, on my dad in that way, uh, I mean, I, even to his detriment, you know what I'm saying? He was just that generous because right. he came from nothing. The guy came from, he, he he didn't have indoor plumbing in his house until I forget what age, right? You know, this guy in the middle of winter was you got to go to the bathroom. That's what you're doing. You're in Idaho. Right. You're, 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 you're putting on all your clothes, and you're walking however many yards or feet it was to the outhouse. You know? Right. And, um, you know, my uh, – People can't even comprehend that kind no, of thing. Like, no. Come like, on, man. The power yeah, goes I out in your house, and you're freak I can't out. can't comprehend it. No, yeah, yeah, your yeah. Facebook goes
2: out like nowadays. Yeah, oh, you know, oh,
1: dude, yeah. like Facebook, Instagram went down for a few hours yesterday. Yeah. People lost their shit. gotta tell you no but i mean you you know uh (laughs) that's how ridiculous yeah that's how exactly dude so that's the real deal and you know what um when my dad came out i mean my dad was always giving back always giving back to people you know yeah he's good about that yeah and and you know what um i think if anybody ever has a boyd oh boy was an asshole story they either a never met him or b you you were you were just not putting into it what Guys like yourself were putting into it with him. You know what I, I'm saying? I you mean, were you'll
0: find that. Listen, uh, we all we've all had our moments, and and I could be thrown in that ring as well. But yeah. but I I will tell you that when it comes to your father, and and I'm, I'm not going to speak a moment out, but when it comes to your father, I would say, um, if there was something negative to be said, I would I would say there was always a little bit of envy and some possible jealousy that that it was running sure. as an undercurrent but for sure uh, that that was being masked by whatever uh wherever you know wherever they could put a poke on him you know and and i don't think that defines them uh you know your dad used to always say i don't care what they're saying as long as they're talking about me and and uh and he he was we'd laugh about it you know yeah. and
1: and uh well and and he took glad see oh
2: I, I i i never met your dad uh, you yeah. know like but uh dude man it sounded like he had some tough skin but like he sounded like he just he was you know tough when he had to be but like he was compassionate, and nobody he didn't need to like flaunt that. Like, you yeah,
1: know? I well when I say t- t- tough skin, maybe yeah he did, but but he also actually, he also I got, don't
0: think he's very, I don't think he was very tough skinned at no, all. Well,
1: honest, well, well, yeah. well, well, in certain instances, but but well, he
2: well, I, I guess from 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 uh, the Justin Padfield. Uh, you know, and the Twin oh, yeah, Meyer just, podcast, yeah. like they, they had their stories where were but but they were in the thick of it, you know, like like so oh, they're right so. in the middle of it, yeah. But uh, I, I think, th- I think and, I, and those guys are alpha dogs.
1: My too, dad took so. a lot a lot of things personal.
0: No, I would say that your father was extremely thin skinned because it did it wasn't like water off a duck. It bothered him. It oh, stuck with
1: oh him. He, he because you know what the the thing of it was, you know, you talk about uh, Budnick right? You started using Budnick wheels, and then my dad was like, hey, probably thinking. Hey, no, 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 no. Right. Tim's over here doing some cool shit. He can't be using Budnick wheels, right? Uh, you know, he's got to do cool shit with me. Because the backstory is, when my dad started, because the first wheels were built under Hot Rods by Boyd, right? That was the original deal. And then, I think at that point he was like, "Hey, wait, this is going to be its own animal, right?" And then CNC machining started coming on, and then he got introduced uh, to Alan Budnick, who lived. He was this young guy doing starting to do it's a CNC programming out of Texas. My dad says, Hey, I'm going to start this Boyd's. I'm going to break it off. I'm going to start Boyd's wheels. He br- he brings, he brings Alan Budnick from Texas out here. They start Boyd's wheels, but then I don't know how long Alan was there year, maybe two leaves with what he knew. And he saw the potential of the business. He went and started his own business. Okay. So Game on at that point, right? My dad, yeah, he was, uh, know, grudge guy number, guy grudge that. grudge yeah. number one, right? So, but you know what? It's I've learned from that, and it's it's like you know what? You can come up with some cool stuff. You can be like the first guy to the party and and, and do some cool stuff. And it's just the way things go. Especially now, we're living in a culture where someone sees a picture online and they think, oh, it's everybody's now, right? Well, not really. Not really. If you're gonna take somebody like take somebody's original artwork and then go make money off it, you got a
2: problem. Cut right it. Oh sorry, I, I, I had a sneeze there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Excuse, if, apologize here. no, uh, no but, but that's a that's a story we have to tell some other time. Yeah, but. no, no, no. But what what um, what I'm getting at is 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 uh you know, he was doing a lot of things the first your, da- your
0: dad would take if somebody if listen it bothered all of us when 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 you invest in uh, a, a person a human being you employ them you pay them when you don't have any money yourself you make sure they get paid you do you try to do all the right things you possibly can then they leave you uh there's some pain and some anxiety that goes over that you know the you know I, I would always tell your dad there's never there's never any one person that could leave your business that's gonna put you out of business like like it's gonna hurt it's gonna sting don't worry about it. Uh, now I have taken a different approach when, when someone would leave me, uh, like I, there, there's a couple of things that I never, passed that I never went down. One, when they were leave me, they were gone. Like, like they, they didn't exist to me anymore. I held, I didn't want to talk about them. I didn't want to dwell on it. I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with it. Um, I'm, I, I've felt satisfaction is that everyone that's ever left to either go start their own business because they thought it was easy to do what yeah. I was doing or they went to work for someone else. And they were going to go, they were going to, that guy was going to turn them into something special. I don't believe that that happened on any level. And I had, I've had, I had 50 people leave me to go think they could do something better. Uh, it never happened. I don't gloat about it. I don't talk about it. I don't care about it. Yeah, it but, is but, what it is. But but my satisfaction was in they never, they never, none of them ever accomplished a thing. So, so the the bottom line is a lot of those people, the best job they ever had was when they were working for me. So I, I I I I like put that to bed and I I don't dwell on it. The other thing is 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 uh, the the way that I always tried to keep my peace was I I never paid attention to my competition. Like I never knew what my competitors were doing. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to react. I never wanted to be reactive. I always thought like if I just look and think about what I like and what I'd want it to be and how I'd want it to be. I never want to lose focus of that, you know, and and
2: well, that sounds like it's coming from somebody who's trying to set the bar.
0: Well, I mean, maybe a little bit, but I, but I think well, that no, it's okay to be that cocky. I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I I don't even think it's. I, I think it's more like uh, I was never out of an idea. Like I I was never short on ideas. Now they weren't all good, but I but I never I, I never. Like I said, oh my God, what am I going to do next? I I had no, a, a boatload of things to well, do. You know,
1: someone told me one time, you, like uh, something like you should be aware of what other people are doing, but don't pay too much attention to what they're right, doing right. because if if you're doing what you think is cool and you're trying to be the trendsetter, then then that's your goal, right? And that's what you're going to do. And I, I'm kind of in the same, I, I kind of keep the same mindset, you know. But I think with like back to my dad, I think he brought he he was this trendsetter right and right. people were seeking him out because they wanted to be a part of that and they wanted to learn that And I, my my dad's biggest fault too was he brought people too close he brought right. people in right. so his business was his life right so when you brought somebody Very in, similar. he yeah. wasn't just saying oh you're coming to work for me no you are coming to work for me and you're a part of my life part right. of the family yeah so so when that person would come and, and, and work for six months, a year, two years, three years, and then learn everything and go somewhere else, he took it real personal. Took it personal. But it happens all the time. But it happens. But see, you're talking about a guy who took his passion and turned it into a business. Yeah. Right? Me too. Well, yeah, you too, right? Yeah. So, But but I saw that growing up, and I'm like, as I got older, I'm like thinking, yeah, but hey, he, yeah, dad, here's the deal. You know, like- you're, people are gonna. You're, people are gonna use you as a starting point. They're gonna be. You're gonna be a way a waypoint, or you're gonna be towards the end of their career. You know, so people are gonna move on.
0: People are gonna move on, and people are wired differently. Your dad well, had some real loyal people around him. He did, but and, not everybody's wired the way those loyal people were. You well, know?
1: and and the other side of it was, I also learned a lesson of listen. My dad wasn't gonna. I don't know if my dad ever punched anybody in his life, right, or attacked anybody. So, But my dad would get pissed off, right? But what I'm saying is there were a lot of people that were just pussies. They were just total pussies in life, and they weren't stand-up people, and they just slipped out the back door and went and worked for the competition. Instead of going, you know, Boyd, I want want to shake your hand. I want to thank you for what you've done for me, but I'm moving on. And let them motherfuck you up and down. Right and let them cuss you out and go. Are you done, Boyd? Because I'm moving on. So you know what I'm saying. Right. He would have respected those people, but it was always the people that just went around his back and 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 went to other companies or you know took in inside secrets or whatever you want to say. Right. You know, it's just the way they handled things that I think he. But he got caught up a little bit too much in some of that stuff. Right. And listen, it, all of well, us. Well, we, all have, right? we all have. We all have.
0: We all have been challenged with that. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But
1: absolutely. I mean, you know, at one point. Uh, there was almost 400 employees working at Boyd's. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's a big deal, but you know, we learned these lessons with, with having these employees and running this business and taking it too personal. Yeah. Right.
0: But, but, but here's the deal. Uh, uh, but we're, we're, we're we, we talk about these things because the, 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 the challenges that we had in business was what we would laugh the most about. When we would get together right, that's what we would that's and what, would... and,
1: and what I'm talking about is, is some of some of the phone calls you probably got, got so so you are like, help... Oh here's boy, hold on. Oh geez. No, yeah. so so I gotta
0: <laughs> tell you guys I'll tell you guys the story. It might be a little long winded, I'll make it as brief as I can make it, but there was a, there was a point where where your dad and I both had the same PR agency. It was a gentleman by the name of Joe Bellina. Joe
1: Jam PR. Yeah, and I'm yeah. about to
0: throw this guy so far out of the bus. Please, it's, it's, but 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 see. you want to talk about thick-skinned? Mm. Joe Joe is the kindest, nicest, thickest-skinned dude that you're ever gonna meet. I mean, he's just a really good dude. But anyways, in 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 your father and in, in, in my world, writing a check to a PR guy is there's no tangible return. Okay. you there's you, Joe, you don't write Joe a check for $100 a hundred dollars. And also we get $500 of the business. It it doesn't happen. No. like that. So we're paying this guy 000, thousands of dollars a month to pump our businesses up. And, and your dad's story is probably slightly better than mine, but in general, we're both on a roll and we've got some common things and, and, uh, and Joe's kind of like the PR guy of our industry. And, and, uh, um, so anyways, so the bottom line is, is every month we each write, we each write him a check, right? We, and so every month we call each other and we go, we don't know, like why, why are, and God damn, are we writing Joe this check? Like this no good rottenness. So anyways, but we're laughing, we're laughing the whole friggin' time and we're doing it because that's the fun part of our business is, 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 is being part of it. So anyways, I can't even remember the event, but I'm going to, I'm going to share with you that this story that your father and me talked about and your father really talked about it. Every single time that I spoke to him for the next fifteen years, okay, <laughs> and so so we go to this event together, and uh, and Joe Molina's put it together, and it's a PR thing for your father's business and my business, and so we go in the morning and 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 uh, we're there, and there's a dozen donuts there, and we're eating donuts and waiting for our deal to happen, and we get back and we do this event, and and we take off and, and we're gone, and and at the end of the month you get a bill. You know, from Joe of of for his monthly retainer and whatever expenses. So the bill comes in, and, and obviously I'm getting the bills before your father is, right? Yeah. So I get to the bill, and Joe Molina has billed me for a half a dozen donuts. <laughs> so so you know I know where the other half is, yeah. right? I know it's in your father. So what do I do? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna light this torch <laughs> at a level that it's never been. Level. I call your dad up and go, Hey, have you seen Joe Molina's bill this month? He goes, no, why? I go, well, go get it. When you get it, give me a call. And he calls me up, and and the profanity, the length of profanity that went on <laughs> for so long, because your father could not, and I knew exactly what I was doing. Like I knew that he would I said, Can you believe that this no good SOB split? a dozen donuts and charges for... I mean, who, who in God... Nobody would charge you for a dozen donuts. It's
1: like donuts. a $5 deal.
0: Yeah. I right? was probably $2 back then. Was back, like... back then? Oh, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we proceeded to get Joe Molina on the phone, and your father filleted that guy <laughs> for about an hour and a half. I mean, he did things to... Him, called him names <gasps> and did stuff to him, and I t- and I knew I was going to get... I, w- I knew I didn't have to say a word. Like, all, I was, a, we were all together on the phone, and I knew that I was gonna get all the satisfaction I needed to get. I was never gonna to have to say a <laughs> word. And we never ever let Joe live that down. And I and I and I, I hardly ever see Joe and, and I wouldn't speak on it now if, if if it came up. But to your father and me, that dozen donuts is probably the biggest bonding moment of, of our That's friendship. Funny. And and so I guess what I'm trying to put it, I'm putting it all together is we're talking about the troubles and tribulations of, of being a business owner and not knowing what's going on, but, but things that might've come off as being sad or, 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 or difficult that we found this amusement in them afterwards. So it was like, it was like at the moment and, and, and the donuts was, was really a tongue in cheek, but even when we were troubled later, it was what we joked about. Like could you remember? Oh my God! Remember that day? I mean, listen, you know, remember that you know when you're trying to build that spindle mount set of wheels for the for the uh, uh, for for a car show for for trying to go for uh, uh, most beautiful roads or something, and the th- and they chuck a wheel you know in, in the lathe and they got they got to start from scratch and it's you know and it's all night long. But but those things that are really troubling to us at that moment were were things that we laughed and cried about later when we were together. You know, and and that's really what what defined our relationship was the the moments of of joy that we got out of the troubles that we, that we had. I know that sounds really kind of dumb, but but, but, we could only laugh about it later. And really that's why I'm kind of like on the back end of saying like, Hey, we had all these challenges, but we ended up just laughing about them all when it was over with. So without knowing what we went through, you would never see the amusement in it after the fact, you know? So,
1: well, and, and it's, it's just like when you have common interests or you're, 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 in in business, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you got different friends and different, you know, uh, uh, colleagues. Right. right. And it's like you guys had that connection. So you guys, you ran your own business. You know, the donut thing is just where you guys came together because. Right. He paid for half of those damn donuts. You paid for the other half, and you are like, "Can you, can Actually, you believe?" Actually, I don't think he paid for his. I just, yeah, just scratched yeah. <laughs> it off the bottom of the invoice. <laughs> were they straight up
2: have- regular donuts, or was it assorted dozen? Like, I don't know. You, you
1: know like, what I am saying? You are like, honestly,
0: I did not think I ate one. I you're, just- you're, it's, like, it's, like, it's like
1: we're paying this guy thousands a month, and right? This cheap bastard. Yes, split the bill, itemized it on donuts. It yes. on donuts. <laughs> yeah, no, but but you know what? It's kind of like you know. I remember in the last couple of years of my dad's life, you know, he was one of the, the the first people I talked to in the morning, and then on my way home when I got right. in my car after work, especially when I was at American Racing because things weren't going that that great over there, and it, it was one of those things where we talked, you know, multiple times a day. But it was for sure on my commute to work, right, and my commute home, right, right, and right. It, that was the toughest thing when he passed away, within. You know, w- jumping in my car, grabbing my phone, and wanting to dial his number. Right. You know, it's um, awesome. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? And, and then, so, so in the late nineties, so after you, you sold traders, right? Yeah. Oh wait, I want to hop back in that before. Oh, we go, ahead. Close it, close go ahead. Go ahead. See, I'm jogging his memory. See, yeah, yeah. He was worried you're that he me wasn't think about, about the
0: about the calls that we would get. So one of the things that me and your dad had we had this we had this agreement. That we would never steal an employee from one another.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, but hold on, hold on. Are we going to Dwayne on this deal? <laughs> Are we going to Dwayne?
0: Dwayne's coming up, and uh, um, so uh, we would. Because uh,
1: um, I, I got, I got. Just remind me of the question I have to ask you about Dwayne. But go ahead. Okay.
0: So, anyways, there. So, not. I think we had. Uh, I think my two biggest ones were uh, uh, Dwayne and Purple Pete. I I ended Purple up with Pete. I ended up with both of them and uh
1: Yeah, so so okay, cuz both of those guys I mean, I think Pete but, but both those guys ended up it was one of those deals. So there's an exception to the rule, right? Right. So right. okay, before you hired Dwayne or Pete, did uh my dad make that rule with you or, or agreement with you?
0: No, I think I think because we were so intertwined, it was more like and and your father and probably me to a certain extent, my memory doesn't doesn't I'm not clear on this, but we probably had been hurt in some ways where somebody got hired to someone else who who, who either me or him or both of us thought was our friend. And yeah. And since we take those things personally and they hurt us and it bothers us, it came up to where we looked at each other and we agreed like, hey, we don't ever steal anybody from each other yeah we
1: and, got- and i have those similar agreements with other people vendors i deal with because you know i get people like hey man uh yeah i go wait wait aren't you you know, need a job Pardon? aren't you yeah aren't you working with such and such and, and of course what do you do if if, if one right. of my dad's employees would hit you up of course you pick up the phone you call hey right. boy what's going on with that oh he really he hit you up for a job but, but
0: there's a there's a there's an asterisk on that because because unless they got fired no, what would happen is <laughs> Hey is,
1: real quick, the freight at eight is really eight thirty through. The freight at eight thirty. We already had the freight at eight. Freight at eight thirty.
0: Um, so uh the difference was without getting into each story, but but the, the the aftermath is is we had this agreement, except for your dad would call back later and say, You know, I really need him back and so he'd call me up and he'd like say, You need to take Purple P for a while. I need to get him out of here. My wife's gonna kill him. You know, he, he's yeah. The, you
1: know, I totally forget that he went to work for you. Yeah. For a while.
0: How long did he work for you for? Uh, for quite some time. I, I mean, not years and years, because basically,
1: maybe. Like basically, a I years, was, I right? was
0: like, yeah. Basically, I think I was, uh, um, I was like purgatory for anybody that was in trouble at, at your father's operation. <laughs> right? So, so he would go until he could he could talk your your mother off the ledge. Okay, because yeah. she was infuriated. You know, she's running the book. She's running the show you know, Pete kind of <laughs> trips up a few times and, and, and your father is, is masterful at covering up. Right. So, so Pete is, is, is pretty active and, and is, is going off the reservation, but your dad's got it covered. And then once in a while, Pete jumps so far off that that you can't, there's, you can't cover, there's no covering can, it up. No cover. and, when, and, and so one time he, 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 uh, he went off the reservation pretty good. And so he ended up over at my place, which was great. And, and, uh, you know, your dad, he was there until, you know, your dad really needed him. And, and it got to the point where your mother could, I think I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing could, it's yeah, no, the point where she's going to like, okay, yeah, we need him for this. And then it's like, then he takes, then he, you know, then I'm left hanging. Right. Because yeah, Pete's yeah. driving my, my rigs all around everywhere. And, uh, but, but, but I love, I love those times together with Dwayne. It was more, you know, he was in his formidable days where, where, he could screw up just about everything, you know, and, and, (laughs) and he did, if it was anything that he was good at, it was screwing things up. And, and uh, he probably has a different uh, recollection, but um, uh, I was uh, uh, glad to have Dwayne around. He was, he was, uh, he, you know, he was just figuring his way, finding his way out. I think he had a young son and, 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 had his hands full a little bit and stuff like that but he was you know Dwayne is is still has some of those same characteristics that he had younger he's just a little bit wiser now a little bit bit. yeah a little bit I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you that he's got it all figured out but I think that he's uh he's he's strong in his values and his and his point of view and uh and he lives and dies by his own decisions so I've got no I've got no problems with that
1: yeah I know he the the and it's funny, even today. Like if I'll go display a show, I mean, I get asked several questions. How did your dad die? What did you do with all his cars? You know, and then it's like and it inevitably, inevitably comes up: Is Dwayne that big of an asshole? Yeah, right. Just because they know him from the TV shows, and I go, and you just say yes, or do you try to? Spread you know yes what? Out all I, I honestly, I try to. It, it, you can tell, right? When someone's coming up to you, Chris doesn't sugarcoat it. No, 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 no. But I do. Well, I do.
0: Dwayne's not like that, you know. Unfortunately, you know, living through that editing is is oh. back in those days. It was there was nothing. The only thing well, they would think was to, was to chop the drama up oh, and,
1: just, and
2: just make you the villain.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, first of all, they yeah. they wanted him to be the asshole. So right, but. Um, Oh, so you know, I, was
2: there was there a producer kind of like egging it on to Oh yeah, it's
0: a reality. But TV. it was it was it was the it was the editing. It, and, and first and foremost, it wasn't reality. It you know it was it was
1: it was well I say reality TV saying because that's what because, it was because that's the like, label u- Uber
2: reality like like well, for, yeah. forced reality.
0: Yeah, I don't but, know. But, I think there was if there's a camera in the room, it, nobody's the same person when there's a camera in the room. Then no one's the no. same person when you can I can edit you to be anything.
1: Well, that's that's what I tell people because when the show was going on and people call on and go. Oh, man, I really like what you got going on. But, you know, you know, I watch a TV show. They really make make Boyd look like a a real jerk. And I go, well, you know, how about this? Let me follow you around for three weeks. Right. Right. 10, 12 hours a day. And then let me edit you down into forty four minutes. I'll make you look however I want you to look. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forty four minutes of video intake could produce forty four seconds of
1: content of just you looking like an asshole.
2: Yeah. No. For sure. Like it's easy.
1: I mean, I mean. No. It's it's real easy. So, but I always cater to the, the the response to whoever's asking it because you can tell like if somebody's like. Hey, it's Dwayne. Like a real bright eyed. Yeah, try, like, try, try, try yeah, to get that. that. It's Dwayne, really an asshole. I'm like, oh yeah, he's total dick. You know, like, <laughs> but if people are like, you know, was he really like all serious? Like, was he really that big of a jerk? I'm like, no, he's. He, they played it up for the show. He's a half. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, the, but you know, the people
2: he, sincere, you'll, you'll answer him sincere. But the people that they want to hear it. Just no, you can give, tell. Give you can tell
1: her. what you, you, when they wait, when they ask it the way they ask it, you can tell the right. answer they want to hear. It's, it's, and you it's just how kinda, big their eyes are. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, and, and, and you know what? Um, but you know what? Like yourself, Dwayne, you guys were in the trenches. You guys were there. Yeah. You were there when things were, you know, it, maybe they weren't cool, and oh. maybe, maybe they, maybe they were cool, but you guys were doing it. And you saw it. You saw the stuff that didn't work. You saw the stuff that worked. Yeah. And, and
0: and you know, and, and, you know, I uh, I probably can't sit here and give you a, a rundown of all the mistakes that Dwayne made that I that I witnessed or had to overcome or know about. But I don't honestly. I don't. I haven't retained any of that. What I do know is that I've had a friend and an acquaintance over a long period of time that whether we talk to each other every week or we don't talk for six months, uh, we pick up right where we left off. Uh, we, we enjoy our time together. We get to have a beer every once in a while. Um, uh, my memory of our of that business part of it, I don't remember it as anything but but as a good experience. Even though I know there's a lot of crap in the middle of all yeah. of like, it, like th- that part <laughs> doesn't that doesn't stick with me that much. You know, I, I uh, uh, but I'm glad that. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah, know? and I
1: mean, you're talking about something that was 25 years ago. Yeah, it's like I'm almost not 30 there, years man. ago. I can't. I can't. I do mean, it. Uh, and, and you know what? So much has gone on since then, and I mean, you know, um, and it, it, it's. Well, I, but I got I an idea.
2: What? I, why don't we have? This is a you know towards the end of season one, for season two. Why don't we have Dwayne and Tim back, and Dwayne call in. And we could, you know, stir up. that a really jog your memory? Stir, stir up a couple memories. Well, he's not gonna.
0: He's gonna. He's no. not gonna remember a thing.
1: He's. He's the, You no. think it's
0: gonna be like true confessions? And then we're, then we're
1: gonna bring old, old man Bob Deathridge back on oh, the phone. Oh, uh, uh, huh? Uh, yeah. Steve he's, and I, I talked to Bob this week. I think in the next uh, two three weeks, Steve, Steve and I are gonna go golf with the old man. Oh, oh that's sure I, I called. Him, that. I called him. A, I I called him a couple days ago. Because what's today? thursday i called him and i said hey what are you doing he's like, well i'm still alive <laughs> so I was like okay he's over there golfing but uh,
0: you know he was uh he was uh uh you know bob was great to my family I mean, he was very close to my father and uh then obviously you know he came to work for us and did an amazing job and and uh old school old school dude old
1: school sales guy man
0: yeah and then went over to your place and and did did it great you know so
1: yeah uh, i remember um when when you uh, yeah no I I remember when my dad was rebuilding the wheel business right, and I think you said hey you need a soldier I got a I got a I guy got for guy. I got a guy for you and yeah. you know what uh I learned a lot from Bob I I think some of the greatest times that uh, you know and Bob Deathridge by the way is w- was he came to work for us in like ninety nine two thousand and then I I was still away from the company at the time and then I came to work in two thousand and and it was Bob right. Bob yeah. was there, and and, and I remember it, it was just like, okay, here's this crazy, like, dude, Bob just had no filter on certain things and right. just was this, this crazy guy telling these crazy stories and just a real aggressive sales guy, real aggressive, and I mean, I remember one time sitting there, and he goes, you know, Chris, guess what I'm going to do today? I said, what? And we, we all sat in like this bullpen, right? Yeah, We had this one room that was like 20 by 20, you know? was a bigger room but there were like three or four of us in there and he goes I'm going to answer the phone all day uh to wills can i have your credit card number please <laughs> dude <laughs> he got three credit card numbers that day that is like crazy. like just out of the gate just you know and that was that was a transition of time that was when the the internet was around for a few years and the e-commerce was there and people were just getting comfortable with Given their phone, their, yeah. their their numbers over the phone, but I got to tell you, with Bob, a lot of old school work ethic, right? right? And, and 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 you know what? There 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 needs to be more people like that. That just this is a guy that dr- drove. You know, he drove an hour each way to get to work. Well,
0: I think uh, you know, I think to kind of put a bow on it with Bob. I think uh, from coming in from your angle, uh, it's hard for us to you know we never want to listen to our fathers half the time. Yeah, but. Bob made such a big impression on you because he wasn't your father and he and he showed you by example and it was hard for you not to like look and say like these are my formidable years this this guy's frigging got it like I need to emulate that yeah and, and and you we don't always take that from our father, but I think you got that from Bob that I the, did
1: and, and you know what Bob was also that to me, but then also, Bob was also this guy that was like, "Hey listen, I'm on my way out." but he was excited for me. Right. Bob, Bob had just this, this, enthu- like, you know, Bob, Bob, yeah. but he was enthu- he was so, in- he got so intense. He got, he, he would get emotional at times and he would just, but he would be in, he was enthusiastic for me going, okay, well, this is Chris. Like Chris is the 30 year old, 30 year old version of, of me or whatever it was. I was right. tw- in my late twenties, early thirties. And he was enthusiastic for what I was, but we also were a team. Right. Like like for the longest time it was just him and I in there, and we set these sales goals, these quotas, and he'd be like, "Hey, where are you at?" Because when we started making commission and all this stuff, he's like, "Where where are you at?" Okay, I'm uh, okay. This is what I got, and and you know what? Some, some if I could go back to that time, I would. That was a fun good time fun, for you, yeah. fun fun time. I learned a lot from the guy, um, and you know what? Uh, you know Bob. Just just we could talk about Bob for Bob needs to come on the show because Bob's Bob was a crazy guy. But you know what? Um that was a, that was a good time because that was also too like when you still and that that just goes to show what kind of friendship you you had with my dad and 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 just our family because there was no business being done with with you and my dad. No, it was just No, I
0: I think I had sold or I was winding something down and they took him on and I I think I went to your dad and I said like like we need to find a home for him. This guy could do something for you. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I had sold, I sold in, uh, 99, 96, right? 96, 97. Um, and then I was kind of really wasn't doing much. I, okay. I kind of was like in between things. And, uh, I think, I think somewhere in there, Bob was working for the company that, that had bought us out. And, uh, um, but they were doing it, they were changing a bunch of stuff. It just, it just never was the same after that. And, uh, so I think he moved over there, but I, uh, uh I kind of just kicked around for a while and bought and sold some cars and did some stuff. And then ultimately, um, uh, I needed to get, I wanted to get back into something. And, uh, so I kept looking and I, and I wanted to manufacture. I, 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 I what I did was I wrote down like six things that I never wanted to do again and that's that's kind of how i started my deal like and everybody
1: 8898 uh gm trucks were on the list Is that, no, was that
0: on the list no it was more like stuff like uh like i've done every car show like i don't ever want to do a car show again and it sounds terrible when you say it out loud uh, but i work 7 days a week no I mean, like i like car I, shows I wrote burn you out yeah like i wrote down you know i don't want to work 7 days a week anymore i don't want to work more than five weekends a year. I just wrote, I just wrote some stuff down and, and, and really it, it sent me towards, uh, towards manufacturing. And, uh, um, at that point in time, I found, uh, I kept finding a bunch of companies to buy, but I, being that I just sold a company, I knew everywhere to go look for what's wrong with the company. So I would keep going and, um, I'd would find what's wrong with these companies and it, and it queer the deal and I end up not buying them because I could dig all the way in. To, uh, there's yeah. always something a little bit yeah. You have
1: these questions you ask and you get the I, answers because I'm go, that guy, right? Yeah. I'm
0: the one that just sold one. So, anyways, the my uh, my moment was. Um, I was very fortunate that I had a lot of cousins and uncles that we hung out like it was like a we were all like family together. And I really wasn't blood related to any of them, but growing up, that's that's who they were to me, and we would go out and goof off. We go for two or three days during the weekend and, and we'd all, we went to the wine country, the desert or the river or wherever. And, um, and so I'm kind of like ping pong off all these little businesses I'm looking at and I'm with my uncle and we're driving to San Diego to go hang out and just party for a couple of days. And I'm telling him that, that I've got this other business called beard seats that I'm looking at. And, uh, uh, you know, but we're off on money a little bit, and and he and so he says these things to me, and he was really this a guy that was bigger than life, and and so we're riding in his Rolls Royce, okay? That's the type. That's the type of guy yeah. he is. So, uh, um, and your dad knew him and, and all those. Guys. So, anyways, um, we're riding down the road, and he goes, and and my mother and father were a big part of my life then, and they were in one of one of my homes, and 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 uh, uh, and I'm not doing anything, right? I'm just kind of and your da- and my uncle says, um. Well, how much a month is it costing you to live right now? And I and I tell him what the number is. And and he goes he goes, is it a good brand? And I said, Yeah. He goes, Can you fix what's wrong with it? And I said, Yeah. And he told me, this is sticks with me forever. He goes, every month that you're not in business is one more month that you gotta pay those bills without any income. So go pay the guy what he wants and get on with the business. And and I, I live by that today, because that was the best advice that I'd ever gotten. So I go back to Buckeye, Arizona, and I write these guys a check for the amount that they wanted. And we had negotiated, but we're, we're an amount. And uh, um, I hand the guy the check, and basically I'm, I'm retiring him for the sake of him and his wife. And, and so it's just a little tiny company that makes these off-road seats. But in my head I had I had a plan. Like I, I knew what I could do with this thing. Like I knew I could do something with it. And so I hand him the check. And you know uh I you know what the guy says to me? He says, uh he says, Okay, now that we've signed this deal and I've taken this check, he goes, Now tell me really why you paid me what I wanted. And and he didn't believe that I would like he thought there was like I had an angle. Yeah. And so I actually told him the story of my uncle. I said that I have a family and, and my cost. And I said, I said, I just need to get on with it. I didn't give it to him explicitly, but yeah. like that. And, and, uh, and he never believed me. He, the guy never believed me. He always thought that I was, I was doing something goofy. And, uh, I took that business. I packed it up out of Arizona and I brought it yeah. uh, to Southern California. And, uh, I saw that there was a trend in off-road cars going from two seat buggies to these big four seat sand cars and four seat pre runners. And so I looked at it and I said to myself, well, these guys have basically been selling two seats since, I don't know the the early eighties or something like that. And I see these four seat cars coming on as a phenomenon. So I'm saying, okay, we got to average three seats, three seats of transaction versus two. Well, there's a 50% growth just to going and getting on that deal. So I brought it back and, and, uh, uh, built a logo for it. And, and, you know, uh, gave it a big old facelift and and modernized some of the you know bought uh, kind of semi CNC bending machines and and things along that line and and um, and the thing took off. You know, it it, it wanted to go and and uh, you know again I think I was a little bit lucky because that industry really blew up and yeah. I was able to
1: again yeah, I was seats, doing. You, got, you made some nice stuff. Well, and, and we and got, you got to write. I, I don't wave. have any. Re- I don't. I don't have any recollection of the product before you took it on because i only knew of it as you took it on
0: right right and and uh so we're very fortunate and um it grew substantially it was the cut and sew business is is challenging it's very labor intensive and uh but we had a great time with it and uh then the utv started coming out and um that's uh, that's
1: such a big deal right now
0: it's it's huge now but but kind of when that thing was really blossoming uh I think just getting to, I mean, I think it was back in the Rhino days or what have you, but I think in uh, the beginning of 2009, I, I sold that company and kind of got out of it. I worked for them for a little bit. And then uh, um, ultimately, I think that was a that was the right move for me as well, because uh, economic times slowed down after that. Uh, I don't know that any of us saw that coming, but I was able to kind of, I was out of it before, uh, um, uh we went into it. The business was good until you know. Ultimately, it it probably softened up a little bit. But uh, uh, that category, through all those even those tough years, that category still wanted to grow. The UTV business still wanted to go. We went. We went to the the Kawasaki Terexes were the next big thing, and then the razors uh, were the next big thing. And and uh, and through that, I had started a business called uh, uh, Speed Strap, which did. The weaveable tow, towing yeah. straps, and then all the cargo restraints and tie downs, and uh, um, through the beard sale, there was uh, there was a payment plan that went on over a period of years, and and uh, there was some challenges there with some of that. So when when I finally got uh, myself in a position where I could get compensated, uh, part of it uh, that I did to make it good was was take back speed strap, and so I I kind of went back into that aspect of that business again. And, but it was a very small, intimate business, but I, I, I love that part of it. I love making those bits and pieces and, and everything that went with it. And then, uh, um, uh, this apparel thing started, started kind of happening and, and it, it, uh, it turned into something. And, um, where we did this trade, we were actually, we started doing apparel and we were going to do, uh, um, just distribute this apparel. And really, really quick, I found out that,
1: yeah, I remember you. You wanted just you wanted to have your own like, brand, Like drag racing
0: shirts and stuff like that. But I mean, immediately I found out that the challenge was distribution. And and one of the things that I knew immediately was nobody needs a t shirt. Like 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 no one needs. A, you got a drawer full of them. So I, so well,
1: like, hey Steve. I just gave Steve about five shirts I had sitting around here that were given to me. Right. Or now, that now I've got I, 505 black shirts. Right. There you, there you go. <laughs> so,
0: so it came to me real quick that distribution was going to be a challenge. Like like in every business that I've ever been in, I always felt like I had an angle. And it was the first time that I thought like, okay, I've got something really nice, but I really don't have any angle into this industry, this market. And and I was continuing to, um, to cultivate uh, – um, uh, my trying to get in the door with SEMA, and that finally happened, and uh, so that whole thing kind of took off. And we touched Yeah, on because
1: that. They, that was something too. They they were they were maybe dabbling they in, were, in apparel.
0: They were doing it. No, they had some stuff going there, but, but they it wasn't
1: kinda... anything like it is now. The, no, the
0: main... it was. We've we uh, we we we've grown it uh, uh, substantially.
1: It, they might have had what before you started. Because when you started, you had what two booths.
0: Yeah, they they might so, have
1: one booth at SEMA.
0: I well, the guy before me, I think, had one or two. I I to be honest, and I'm not being vague. I honestly don't remember. But but you know, SEMA has been in my life. You know you know having a SEMA logo in your ad back in the '80s. Oh, yeah. made you real. So but, I've been yeah, a, SEMA so you were member. a SEMA member. Oh yeah, was, so I'm I mean, a lifer. SEMA's... And and to me, it was it's kind of like it's come full circle that I'm actually that the association that I've been part of that the industry that I've loved that i'm actually working with them hand in hand and i i think the fact that i was that i love the apparel business and i'm a, and i'm a car guy versus i think the gentleman that might have been doing it was I, I and i i'm i'm not being condens I'm, i i'm not sure but i i think he was like in the pet industry is how he made his living and it and was unrelated to it but he might have been doing a good job but but was we got in there the and we better fit yeah, and but I think the first year we were both there together because he, the, he still had a year on his contract, and um, uh, but his contract wasn't exclusive, so I said, yeah. well, then why? You know, how about you let me try? Yeah, and so we kind of were there together, and we came out with you know we had leather jackets and all you know dicky shirts and you know beautiful outerwear and and obviously some t shirts and hats, but it's much more than that uh, because. Sema sat me down right from the get-go, and they said, "We don't, we don't care how much, how much you, how much money you do for us. All we care about is elevating the brand." And so they've—it's never been about the money with them. So all we try to do is make the best stuff we can make, and try to make it as good as we can. Long story short, uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll pass you all the all the details associated. We, we end up with a contract, and uh, we've been off to the races ever since. They've never put pressure on me, and.
1: And we've grown, like I said, we, we had a... Well, you've done a good job because it's just, I've watched it, I watched it, you've kind of, you've, you've grown it with the, I mean, the show's grown, right? I mean, obviously yeah, 2009 was really a shit year for, right. for, 2008, 2009 was a horrible year for SEMA. I remember them, it was like a ghost town in that show, but now it's back. And it's crazy, and it's got an it's got an image with SEMA ignited. It's, cra- a TV it's crazy. TV show, it's really good. Man. Yeah. So, uh,
0: well, so, so we kind of got through that, and really, the what I didn't have anymore was any time because of Speed every day, and and, yeah. and this and this gig going. I'm I'm getting this. so a couple of years ago I sold Speed and really what it's given me is the time to just focus on this one deal and be as good as I could be at it, and and I'm very thankful uh, for where I'm at right now. I'm happy. I'm doing exactly good, man. What I Well, want you know to be. what. Hey, right li- life's be.
1: short, man. So you got yeah. you got to do what you you enjoy and
0: I'm right there. And you're, I'm, and you're I'm there. Right on
1: it, yeah. Man, well, you know what? Um, I'm glad you came out, man. Dude, this Dude. has been an amazing podcast. I, I, I'm well
2: I, I, again a fly on the wall here, but like, man. what, well, what and you know a lot of history.
1: The, you know what? You're very influential and in, and in, in definitely an in, integral part of, of what you know my dad's history for sure if, so you're kind of behind the scenes for a lot of people but 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 people that know traders and 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 we're into the sport truck movement you were like uh you're up there man
2: well well and, I, I i think that uh with tim we're going to do maybe maybe a car show companion yeah like, no
1: definitely? i mean it'd be good because it would be good to get you to on there to watch one of these truck shows right, let's see we yeah, cross promote with this guy yeah because oh. you know what uh, even though you forgot about a lot of this stuff, or you don't think about it, this stuff's coming back, man. You oh. know we're gonna we're gonna get you signing autographs at the shows. So. <laughs> no, that's not gonna. No, but you know what? I, I I gotta thank you because you know what, Tim, you've been a good friend to me. You've been, you know, and you know what, I've been a you know a sounding board for me many times. You know, you're like a you're you're somewhere between a you know a father figure and an older brother figure to me, and uh, I do appreciate it because. We've had a lot of conversation. Give me a lot of advice, and uh, I've taken that advice. I'm not just one of those assholes, which I ask you your opinion, and you tell me, and I go, "No, that sucks. I'm going to do my own thing." <laughs>
0: well, so I, you know what? It's it's a fine balance. Uh, you know, you've got you've got your own visions of things you want to do. Obviously, sometimes. You know, I I kind of want to poke you a little bit. Maybe no, say try you this do. or try that. You give but, me uh, shit
1: and you poke me, but for all the right reasons. You're, you you have you know your intentions behind it are honest. I just you want know.
0: you to slay it, man. I want you just to no, kill I know. it. No, no, and, and, and you know what? But, be the best you could be, and 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 that's all. Really, all of us, any of us, could ask for. But listen. Uh, to both you guys, uh, uh, this is not anything that I would have done without being poked. <laughs> yeah, you're sure. like, uh, so. what's this
1: pod? What is? The, I don't yeah, even like, understand what and this why is. Why would
0: you want? Like, why would you want to listen? No, to this man, and, and this is we history. Try, man. We
2: try to make it as comfortable for you as possible. We, you yeah. know, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, it,
0: and, it, and it, listen, it's I, I know listen, our
2: craft services isn't up to par. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But.
0: <laughs> Well, you guys seem pretty happy, so that's all that really, all that really counts. But Season two is going to be better. There yeah, you go. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, I appreciate it, and I've had fun tonight. It's been a real treat for me. It's not uh, uh, something I've ever done before, and I've probably never sat down and chatted about some of the things that we've chatted about. Yeah. Uh, no. I, 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 if, if, I, I can't remember when, but probably never. See,
2: see that's the whole point of this podcast uh, is for Chris to uh, – you know, record these organic conversations with all these people that were influential, not to, only to his life, but were associated with uh, his father Boyd. Which you know, I mean, the stories keep going, keep coming, yeah. and, and it's I, like I said, man, I, I'm I'm so lucky to feel like I I, I feel like a privilege. Here listening, and I get to interject every once in a while. But man, you all you guys that have been here in this room, that have been on phone call, that have been on all thirteen episodes of the podcast to this point, dude, hot rodding like oh, yeah. legends or like anecdotes of
1: this movement. It's 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 ridiculous. It's well, beautiful. And you know what, uh, Tim? If people want to find out how do they follow you, what you're doing now? Yeah, where you at?
0: I'm not very many. Oh, places. here he goes. This is it. Wait, this is the Instagram. Well, you, so you have to understand. First, man, piston he- driven. Piston driven. Piston LLC com. at piston driven. Com. But but I'm not I'm not. But our job is to be indiscreet and and invisible. No, I get to it. our brand. But so you know what? He's for, like for the people.
2: Blackwater of marketing. He, he is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but what, what I'm getting at is, people want to find you. People got a business. They want you to show up to their event.
0: Yeah, we we you know we're really when it comes to some of that we're full vertical. So we you know we specialize in taking a concept. We do all the design work, all the embellishment, build full custom uh, items, and then we can we go. We do all the operational, all the fulfillment, all the sales, and then we you know we we also can move the overstock on on e commerce. But, but you so make
1: it look like it's. It's you make it look like whoever you're doing business for.
0: That's I just want to be.
2: I want to make it. them all better. Hey, but let's be honest here. Tim is like the exhibit of like a, a you know he's like he's gonna pimp your brand. That's right. But yeah, you
1: but, but you're not gonna know that it's not no. the brand being pimped. No,
2: you're gonna think it's exhibit. You'll, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: You do not know it's Tim. For us to be totally successful, it would it would make our client look better. And, and look like we're part of them, and that's really what we do. No, well, you're no, doing no. a good job,
1: and you know what? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you got for SEMA 2019, all right? I'm, all on right. It, I'm on it already, man. <laughs> all right. Wait,
2: 2019? 2020?
1: No, 2019. That's, the show's yeah, the, November, the show, November, November. November's oh. the show. Oh, all right. Yeah,
2: well, I, like, I, like I said, I'm not the car yeah. guy. So Steve's not the car guy. Yeah. But just wanted hey, to remind you know guys. what
1: though we're getting Steve the SEMA this year, 2019. Oh so. great, love great. to All have right, you. Tim, All right, Tim. Well, thanks for coming out, man. We Thank appreciate it this I is really good times. It. We're going to do this again because uh, after we talk about this, we're going to have a lot more stuff to talk about. We're going to jog our memories. Yeah, dude.
2: I, I I think me and Chris were really hot to get in the podcast studio and uh, talk to somebody so freaking cool as Tim, oh. who's got so much history, so much experience in this game cause sport trucks are coming back baby oh, CK man. trucks
1: 8898 GM trucks you know gonna what, Tim face,
2: Tim's going to facepalm oh, face so hard he's going to give
1: himself a no, concussion oh no no so we're like, oh, oh we're okay. back no but we're back all right man we well, have a good night everybody thank yeah. you good night hey, and thank
2: you. you guys for listening to Lucky episode number 13 good night and uh thanks again for all you guys uh viewers or uh, uh, audience we're almost at 6,000 episodes, Audience six thousand episodes. Audienceship, is it's that what it's large. called? Uh, uh, list, listenership. You d- there you go, listenership. Have a good night. Well, hey, we're oh, hey, don't don't ruin my son off because we're almost at six thousand listens, and after this, we'll be way more. Good night, guys. Thank you.
3: We'll talk to you guys next time. Good night.